Okay, so we're starting at the mission at the bottom of Membeza Aleph, and I know that I, I didn't want you guys to um, to have withdrawal from the pictures, so we really don't need a picture, but I'm going to give you one anyway, just so you, you could see what a, a pot and a pan looks like. So this is a pot, and this is a pan. Okay, that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so Ha'elfes Vakadera, so if you have a frying pan or a pot, so that while they were boiling, you took them off the fire. So right now you have a clear reshine that's off of the fire. You're not allowed to put spices in them. The Tanakama is going to hold if you're going to put spices in the clear reshine, even if it's off the fire, it's going to cook them. But you can put it in a soup bowl or a serving bowl. Um, it, which is basically a klisheni. In a klisheni, now you don't have a problem of cooking the spices. says, You could add spices to anything, except if it has vinegar or fish brine, because then it's going to cook very easily. Now, we don't know yet, is Rabbi Huda saying that you can even add the spices to a klisheni, except if it has fish brine or vinegar? Or he's, he's arguing at the Tanakhama just on a klisheni. So the Gemara now is gonna is gonna is gonna hawk in that. So you buy Lu they ask Rabbi Huda Reisha Kai Ulakula is Rabbi Huda arguing on the Reisha where the Tanakama said you can't put spices into a kli reshine, uh, but you can put them into a klisheni. Rabbi Huda says no, you can even put them into a kli reshine except if there's vinegar in brine in the kli reshine. And so he's being more makeal than the Tanakama. Maybe he's going lechumra and he's saying even a klisheni you can't put it in uh, uh, if there's going to be vinegar and fish brine. Whereas the Tanakama doesn't make that distinction. Tashma the Tanya we have a brayz. Rabbi Huda melechal pasin hunais and you could add spices to a frying pan. Chalakaderes rice chalakunais and you can add it even to a boiling pot. So you see clearly the frying pan in the pot is a clear reshine. And we said you can add every, every, uh, any spices except if it has vinegar or fish brine. Clearly the Brysa says that Yudah arguing on the Reisha. Now the Ron points out that even though we say in the Brysa a boiling pot or, or a frying pan that's, that's heated, we're not talking about it's on the fire and it's going to be heated because obviously then you're going to cook the spices. We're talking about it's still boiling, it's still bubbling, but it's off of the fire. Okay, next. So now Rabbi Yosef wants to declare what about salt? Is salt like regular spices or is salt different? Shabbi Yosef thought that it's similar to spices. The bechli rishon bashla. According to the Tanakhama, it's going to be cooked in a kli rishon. Ubechli sheni loy bashla, but in a kli sheni, no problem. Amalei Abaya, Abaya said, Tani Reb Chia, Reb Chia taught a brayser that says melach ena kisvalin. Salt is not like spices. Bechli sheni nami b'shalo. It's so easily cooked that even in a kli sheni, it's going to cook. Upligid Reb Nachman. And the Gemara says this argues with Reb Nachman. Reb Nachman tricha milcha bishula kivisra desayr. Reb Nachman held. That a, that salt it, it, it cooks so difficult to cook salt that it, it's almost like cooking meat of an ox, meaning it needs such an intense fire. So even a clean reshine out of the fire would be okay, and certainly a clean would not be a problem. So according to the first way of learning, Abaye is quoting a brisa that argues with Nachman. Now we're going to say the same exact Gemara, except this time the brisa is going to agree with Reb Nachman. And let's see it. Vikadamri, Sarev Yosef Yosef thought salt is like. Spices, again, that you can cook it in a in a in a klirishon, but not in a klisheni. Salt is not like spice. The klirishon nami loy bashlo. That even in a klirishon, it doesn't get cooked. Meaning, you need 
such an intense fire to cook salt. And this time, it's like Rav Nachman who said, that salt needs such an intense cooking like the meat of an ox in order to cook. All right, next Mishnah. So for now, for the rest of the Perek, we're going back to the Hilchas Muksa. We're off of cooking. Back to the Hilchas Muksa. You're now allowed to put a keli under a lamp to catch the oil. So you have oil. So you have a lamp and you have oil dripping out of the lamp. And uh, you're not allowed to put a keli on Shabbos to catch that oil. But if you did it while it was still day, then it's going to be okay. But you're not allowed to get hanar from that oil. The oil is moksa. Why? Because it wasn't prepared before Shabbos, right? Why? Because during... When Shabbos started... Chesky, please. When Shabbos started... The, the, it was, it was right to be used for lighting. To remove oil at that time would be a malach of kivoy, of, of, of extinguishing a fire. Once it was uh, designated to be used for lighting a fire, you can't then on Shabbos change and say, well, now all of a sudden I want to use it for a different use. It was already designated to be used for, for lighting a fire. Okay. So, even though they said you're not allowed to put a keli under a under a under a chicken in order to get the egg, so you have a chicken that lays an egg on yantif. It's a problem of noilad, same issue. Muksa, muksa noilad, same thing. So the thing with the egg is there's two ways to protect this egg. So if you have an egg and let's say the chicken's on an incline, so the chicken's up here. When the egg falls down this incline, it's going to break at the bottom. It's going to start rolling, 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 crack. Or the other way is that the chicken lays it on a flat ground and you can cover it with a keli. So there's two ways to pr- protect this egg. Catch it on the incline or cover it Why? with a bowl. So Zuck the Mishnah, you're not allowed to catch it on an incline. You're not allowed to catch an egg rolling off an incline because that is an unusual case and we don't let you do such a thing for an unusual case. But if the chicken lays the egg in this garbage heap and we're worried that someone's going to walk along and smash the egg, you're allowed to put a bowl, invert a bowl over the egg to protect the egg. Okay, so Amar Rabbi Rabbi says. So now the Gemara is going to clear Machloikas. What is the Svara? Why Rav Chizda said that incline is not good, but uh, but 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 on a flat surface, uh, 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 inverting the bowl is okay. So Amar Rabbi Rabbi said, My time to Rav Chizda. Rav Chizda's reason is An egg is likely to lay the egg in a garbage dump where the problem is being trampled. It's unusual for an egg to lay an egg, for a chicken to lay an egg at the top of an incline, and then you have a problem of it rolling down. So therefore, So they, the Rabbanon allowed you to move a muksa item. Here the problem is you're moving something that's not muksa for the sake of something that is muksa. The, the, the egg that was born on Yantav is Naila, that's muksa. The bowl is not muksa. So you want to move the bowl, which is not muksa, for the sake of the egg, which is muksa. So the, 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 the Rabbi says that the Chachamim allowed you to move a bowl, which is not muksa for the sake of noilad only if for something that's mitsuya for something that is common so a uh, uh, chicken laying in a, in, a, in a garbage dump is common where, or in a place where it can be trampled but a chicken on an incline is uncommon, uncommon and therefore they didn't allow you to put the bowl at the bottom again moving this bowl which is not muksa for the sake of the noilad on Shabbos um, to catch the egg because that's not mitsuya Okay, Ezra Abayis. Abayis now. So now the Gemara is going to raise a whole bunch of kashas on this understanding of Rabbah. Okay, so again, the uh, understanding of Rabbah is that you're not allowed to move a non-Muksa item for the sake of Muksa. Okay? You're telling me that Hatzalah, that saving something that's not common was not allowed, but we learned in a Somebody has a barrel of Tevel on his roof, and the barrel is leaking. 
You can put a kli under it. Now, the tevel is muksa, right? Because you can't use it on Shabbos. Uh, because you, you can't, you can't, you'd have to separate trim, which you're not allowed to do on Shabbos. And nevertheless, you're allowed to put a bowl underneath to catch it. So the Gemara says, no, no, we're talking about a new uh, earthenware jug, which commonly shatters from the pressure, and therefore it is considered a common problem, and therefore you're allowed to put the bowl underneath to catch the dripping liquid. Eisvei, another kasha. There's a mission we're going to learn on Daf Mim Zayin in a few blocks, that you're allowed to put a keli under a candle that's sparking to catch the sparks. Ah, you're using, you're moving the bowl or the keli, which is not muksa for the sake of the sparks, which are muksa. Mar says, no, nitzayt is not You thought sparks are not common, they are. Eisvei, you're allowed to invert a bowl over a lamp in order that it not set fire. So you have very low hanging beams and you have a fire that's very close to the beam so you want to invert a bowl on top of the fire now obviously you can't cut off the oxygen so that it goes out but you want to stop but you want to put are you happy with me i want you to go upstairs i'm I'm manually happy yes Okay, now you're, you're not allowed to, you're allowed to invert the bowl so that, uh, you're not allowed to cut off the oxygen so that this goes out, but you're allowed to invert a bowl and leave a little bit of oxygen in, but so that the, 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 this candle doesn't hit these beams, okay? You're allowed to do that. Ah, you're taking a bowl which is not moksa for the sake of fire, which is moksa. Skumar says, No, we're talking about a house that has a low ceiling where it's common for the lamps to catch fire on the roofs. The Chen Karish and Ishbra, what if you have a beam? The Mishnah says also a beam that broke on Shabbos. You're allowed to support the falling beam with a bed or a bench. Again, same problem. The falling beam is moksa. The bed or the bench is not moksa. Okay, no, we're talking about new beams, which commonly break the first time you put a roof on it. Another Mishnah says you're allowed to put a keli under leaking rainwater. Now, some of the rainwater is not suitable to drink, and therefore it's moksa. And you're allowed to put the keli to catch it. We're talking about a new house which commonly has leaks. Okay, so that is the first understanding of Rabbah. Now, Rabbi Yosef is going to argue on the reason of Rav Chizda, and the Gemara now is going to ask every single challenge again, and it's going to give a slightly different answer. So Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, no, it's not because you're not allowed to move a non-muksa for a muksa, but the bowl that you are moving, you are being mevatalit. You're not allowed to take something that was uh, uh, designated to be used for Shabbos and make it now unusable. You're being mevatalit its preparation for Shabbos. You're removing the ability, you're basically you're making muksa. You're not to make something muksa. So it's different than moving a non-muksa for the sake of a muksa. Here, the non-muksa item is becoming itself muksa, and that's a problem. So therefore, that's why you're not allowed to put the egg underneath. The, 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 I'm sorry, egg. That's why you're not allowed to put the bowl underneath to catch the egg, because then it's going to be a busus, it's going to be muksa. But to invert a bowl over the egg, no problem. It's, it's, it, you're allowed to take the, the bowl off. It's not, it's not, it just happens to be on top of the egg right now, but you can move it. And therefore, since we said, that's from Chizda's reason. So Gemara now goes again through all of these same kashas. What about the, the barrel of Tevel that broke? Maybe Kliachim and Yechtatel. You see that you could take a bowl, put it under to catch the Tevel, and it's going to become muksa once it catches the Tevel. So Gemara says, no, I'm a late Tevel Muchan Uetzel Shabbos. You hear this? A big Chizda's something that I never knew. To make Tevel okay to eat, in other words, to separate Truman Shabbos, is only Xerah de Rabbanon. 
That doesn't make Tevel Muksa. Zak the Gemara. That doesn't take, make Tevel Muksa. Because why? Because if someone will come along and be over the Dirabanan and separate the Truma, the Truma would be okay to eat on Shabbos. I be Chiddush. I didn't know this before. So apparently, says the Gemara, Tevel is considered Mokhan, Eitzel Shabbos. So therefore, to put a bowl under to catch Tevel, you're not making it Muksa because it's still considered Mokhan. The Tevel is Mokhan. If someone would be over the Dirabanan and be misaking the Tevel, it would be okay to use it on Shabbos. Next case. Nice and You're allowed to put a keli under a lamp to catch the sparks. Aye, the sparks are muksa. It's going to make this keli that's catching it muksa. No, I'm Rav Huna Bredi Once they can catch the sparks, the spark goes out, you can move the bowl because there is no muksa inside the bowl once the sparks go out. Next case. You have a beam that broke. I'm sorry, go. It's not a bosses. It's not a bosses. It's not a it's not a holder for the muksa. It's not a holder for the muksa, right? No bus is problem because there's no The sparks have no mamashas. Thanks. Okay. Again, you're allowed to support it with the bench or with the sideboards of a bed. Aye, it's going to be muksa. Gemara says no. No, it's very loose under there. You can you can slide it in and slide it out. It's not really holding it up, and therefore it's going to be okay. It's not going to have a din of muksa. Nice lekhi taksa delf b'shabes. We said you're allowed to put a keli under leaking rainwater on Shabbos. Aye, the rainwater is muksa; it's not fit to drink. Where it says no, but delf I'm talking about rainwater that you could drink, and therefore it's 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 okay for Shabbos, and therefore the bowl is not becoming muksa. Okay. Koyven es hasal lefnei afroichin shialu viyardu. We have now a new challenge, a new kasha. We have a brace that says you're allowed to put a basket upside down in front of a young chicks shialu viyardu, so they could go up and down from the nest. So you're taking this. This, bo- this basket, and you're allowing them to climb up and down this basket to access their nest. Skabar says, Oh, oh, no. So for the, the kasha is, so the birds are moksa, it's going to make the basket moksa. The says, no, you're allowed to move the basket when the chicks are off of it. They can go across it, but when they get to the other side, you can then uh, uh, to pick up the basket and use it. But we have a bride that says you're not allowed to move it. No, that's why I don't love while the chicks are still on top of the basket. But once they get off, you can move the basket. But you have a bride that says specifically you can't. Even if they're no longer on it, it's Aser. What are you going to say now? It's a different klal. We have a klal. When something is muksa during Shmashas, it retains that status of muksa for the rest of Shabbos. So that's a totally different concept than inverting it on Shabbos. So, if you would invert a basket on Shabbos and the chicks would go across it when they get to the other side, you'd be able to move the basket. But if the chicks were on the basket during Ben Hashemashas, it retains that status of muksa the entire Shabbos. And that's what that price is talking about, and that's not a reflection on our case. Okay, Okay. so so far we had Rabbah who said the reason is that you're not allowed to move non-muksa for muksa. Rabbi Yosef who said that you're not allowed to uh, be mevatel the status of something and make it muksa, something that was not muksa. And now we have Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak argues with Rabbi Chizda. Rabbi Yitzchak says no. That just like you're not allowed to put a keli under a, under a chick to get the egg, here he argues with Rabbi He says you're not allowed to even invert a keli over the egg to protect it. He holds that you're not allowed to move something that's not muksa, except for the use of something that is allowed to be moved on Shabbos. But you can't move it, you can't even move it here for the sake of the non-muksa item. So here, you're not allowed to... 
Right, so since the egg is muksa, you're not allowed to even put the bowl on top of it. You're not allowed to even pick up the bowl and put it on top of it. You know, he's more machmir than Ibrahim and Chizda. So the Gemara is going to go through all the same challenges. Mesli kolhani tiyufta. So we tried to shlug him up with all these kashas. I but you have, you're moving the bowl for the tevel, and you're moving the bowl for the beans, and you're covering for the sparks, all these kashas. Gemara said, Vishani kaimai. I answered it that I would sarchmim kaimai. In other words, I was, I, the reason why I'm allowed to move the bowls for these muksa items is because sarchmim kaimai. When you need the place of something that's muksa, so let's say this is a lamp on Shabbos, okay? And I need the spot. Once I pick it up and move it, I can move it and I can put it wherever I want. I can put it away in the closet. So, so too, if I have a bowl and I, and, and, and I need the spot, I can move the bowl for and put it under the tevel, put it under the sparks, put it under catch the rainwater. Once I'm moving it, I can move it. Now the kasha that we probably all have is why do I need six different braces that 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 that, that give me teach me the same thing according to Rabbi Yitzchak? So Tyson, I'm not going to get into that Tyson. If you want to know, Lizzie, the Tyson is Vishani lay. If you need to know for the Shara guys, it's the Tyson Vishani lay. The last three lines, the Eishleimar, and there Tyson goes through each of the cases why you needed to to be taught it. All right, weiter. Tashma, Tashma. Okay. Alright, I'll take it. Okay, Tashma. I'll take it. <laughs> I know I'll take it. I don't know why I'm going after you today. It's not fair. Good, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Don't worry about it. I didn't drink yet, but I'm going to start. Soon. Okay, okay. Toshma. So now we have some new kashas for Rabbi Yitzchak. Toshma. Achaz be'ah shenolda b'Shabbos, v'achaz be'ah shenolda b'Yomtev. So we have a b'risa that says an egg that was laid on Shabbos and an egg that was laid on Yomtev. Emetatlin. You're not allowed to move it. Loyel chasis basakli. You can't use it to cover a keli. V'lismach b'kariyamita to support the legs of a bed. So if you have a bed that's creaky, Lozi, and you want to put an egg underneath to support the creaky leg of the bed, so I don't know. It sounds very strange, but I guess if your egg is. Um, uh, uh, standing straight up, right, uh, vertical, that apparently it's much it's much stronger than when it's horizontal. It doesn't shatter so easily. That's what happened to our first ostrich egg. It's, it's <laughs> it, turned, it turned horizontal and it broke. It turned horizontal and then somebody wanted to go ahead and fix the stand with it. Yeah, very good. Okay. But you're allowed to invert a keli over the egg so that it shouldn't break. Now this Bryce clearly says like who? Like, like Rav Chizda. So how are you going to answer that? I'm going to say also, I'm allowed, I needed the, the place where the bowl was. Once I'm moving the bowl, I'm allowed to invert it over the egg. You can spread mats over stones. Now you have stones that are pointy that would normally be used for construction. You're allowed to put mats over them. Now the mats are not muksa. You're, you're moving something that's not muksa for the sake of something that's muksa. The Mar says, no, they're pointed. I can use the stones for the base In other words, they have a use. They're not muksa. I can use them to wipe with on Shabbos. Parson Toshma, Parson Machzal Sagabi Levena Bishabis, right? They didn't have to worry, Lizzie, about running out of toilet paper like we do. Toshma, Parson Machzal Sagabi Levena Bishabis, you're allowed to spread mats over bricks. Now, these are bricks that were used. Listen, if, you, if you use their system, you don't even have to worry about running out of toilet paper. That's true, that's true. That's true. So here, you're allowed to spread mats. So here, you have Levena. Levena were actually bricks. Stones, you don't have to use concrete. <laughs> okay. Parson Machzal, let's. Let's get back into it. All right. So you're allowed to spread mats over bricks. Now, these bricks were used in construction. So they definitely designated. So don't tell me they're stones that are going to be used for wiping because they're, they're, they're designated for construction. And yet you're allowed to spread mats over them to protect them from the elements. What do you see? You're moving the mats which are not muksa for the sake of the little bricks which are muksa. Mark says, no, they're left over from construction. You can use them to lean on. In those days, right, not like just on Pesach where we lean, but in those days they would lean at every meal and they would use leftover bricks from construction to lean on. You can spread a mat over a beehive on 
on Shabbos. Becham of Neacham in sun in the sun to protect it from the sun. Becham of Neacham in the rain to protect it from the rain. Well, actually, he's having lots of. As long as you don't have in mind to do trapping, right? You don't want to come into a problem of tzedah. Tzayid. So now the beehive is muksa and you're moving the mats for the sake of the beehive. The Gemara says, Hachmaya is kina dikit devash. We're talking about with this honey. So hold on. So the Gemara says, I'm a lirvu, rev ukva, mimeshon, rebashi. Hold on. Tainach mimeisa chama. Yeah, that's good in the summer when there's dikit devash, when there's honey. Bimeisa shamim, delekit devash, make lamir. What are you saying in December when there's no honey? You're allowed to put. The, the Mishnah doesn't make a chiluk between uh, the winter and the summer. Even in, the, in December, there's still two honeycombs, right? So if you ever see when they make honeycombs, the beekeepers, it's a whole bunch of panels. You ever see it? Lizzie, you see it? It's a whole bunch of panels, and you pull out the panels, right? So in the winter, they still need a couple of panels to live on, to live on to, while they hibernate, while they wait till the summer. In the summer, there's maybe 10, 15 panels long, but in the winter, it's, they still need a little bit to live on. So for those two small panels of honey... You're still allowed to cover it up. So the Gemara says it's still honey. Yeah, but the Gemara says, well, muksa snidu, but it's muksa because it's designated for the bees. Gemara says, no, the You had in mind that you want to rip off from the bees some of the honey. So that's mashma if I didn't have in mind that I want to rip off the bees. Also, it's going to be aser. But Ihachi says the Gemara, if that's true, then the Bryce doesn't make sense. What did the Bryce say? You're allowed to cover the mats in the winter and in the summer. Except just be careful that you don't have in mind to tsay it, to, 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 to trap. The Gemara should have made a, a, a more relevant chiluk. The Gemara should have said, as long as you have in mind for the honey. That's what the Gemara should have said. Forget about coming into a different malach altogether. An arm malach of muksa. It's not even going to be available on Unless you have in mind for the honey before Shabbos. That's, that's the chiluk the Gemara should have made. That's what the Gemara says. That which the Abraisa says, provided that you don't intend to trap it, lift like the lifts the You should have made the distinction in the case of Muksa itself. That even in Muksa, it's only going to be okay if you had in mind for them. But if you didn't have in mind, it's going to be Aser. So the Gemara says, No, no, no. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, even even if you intended to use them, yeah, you definitely have to have in mind to use them. But as long as you didn't intend to do trapping. Now the Gemara here is going to ask, who does this make sense like? According to Reb, let's, let's start with Rabbi Yehuda, because Rabbi Yehuda is easier to understand. Rabbi Yehuda holds, So if you cover it with mats, whether, even if you don't intend to trap, if you did a trapping of the bees, it's going to be a problem. So Rabbi Yehuda, we know it can't go like. How about Reb Shimon? Reb Shimon is going to hold that... He holds of a very, um, um, what's the word, a very limited uh, definition of muksa. And Liz, you'll get into this on, on, on Sunday night. You're going to get into Reb Shimon, what he holds about muksa. But basically, he holds a very limited muksa. The only way for something to be muksa on Shabbos, it has to have been designated specifically to be used for muksa. Even if its normal use is a muksa, but right now it's not being used for that, it's going to be. Uh, 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 that. It has to be designated to be used for muksa for the whole Shabbos. For the whole Shabbos. For the whole Shabbos. Very good. So, so good. I'm glad you made that distinction because the example that I'm going to give, Lizzie, which you're going to get to on your daf, is the leichter. The leichter is used. What, Jeff? Um, 
when it was out, obviously. You can move it then. Yeah. yeah. You can move it. You can move it. Even even if you don't need you can move it. That's from Shimon. So Gemara is going to say now, this doesn't make sense according to Reb Shimon. Why? Because according to Reb Shimon, even if you didn't have in mind for the honey, you're still allowed to move it. Even if you didn't have in mind. Because he doesn't hold of this whole uh, concept of, of, of muksa. It wasn't that, even if you didn't have in mind for the honey, but it, it's possible that you can use the honey on Shabbos, so therefore it's not going to be muksa. So that's the Gemara's kash. Let's see it inside. Mani, who is this Brysa like? E Reb Shimon. If it's like Reb Shimon, Leslie Muksa. Reb Shimon doesn't hold of a broad concept of muksa. So even if you don't have in mind, it's okay to use the honey. And e Reb Yehuda, if it's Reb Yehuda, so what does it help that you didn't have in mind for Tzayid? What does it matter if you didn't have in mind to trap? If you're trapping, it's still going to be Asr according to Reb Yehuda. So this Brysa can't go like Reb Yehuda, can't go like Reb Shimon. After the Gemara, Leilam Reb Yehuda, really, it's Reb Yehuda, what does it mean provided that you don't intend to trap it? You can't make it like a trap. Which means you can't seal it on all sides. You have to leave some room for the bees to go in and out. So that they don't become trapped on their own and unintentionally. Okay, so therefore it's like Rabbi Yehuda, and you're not setting up a trap. Okay, now Ravashi Amar, Ravashi is going to give a different tarot over here. Again, the problem with the bees is that in the winter you are covering it, and and you're covering it, and there's not a lot of honey in there. So the Gemara says, Didn't we say in the winter and in the summer? You misread. We said, In the sun, when the sun is out because of sunshine. And when it's raining because of rain, that's what it says. So we could be talking about, In times when there's sun, in times when there's rain. Forget about the winter. Why are you hacking with December? Talking about Tishrei, we're talking about Nisan, when there's sun and when there's rain. That in those times, there's honey in both of those times. So that's when we're talking about, and therefore you don't have to come on to this whole thing about you had in mind for the limited amount of honey to rip off the bees, you don't have to come on to that. Amul Reb Sheshesh. And then we'll end. So Reb said to his Talmidim, go and tell Reb Now Reb was in Bavel, and Reb Yitzchak was in Eretz Yisrael. So he said, go out and tell Reb Yitzchak, in Bavel, Reb Huna already taught this concept. You're allowed to make an awning for a corpse uh, as long as you do it for a chai, for a living person. The Gemara is going to explain how, how you do this. But So you can't, you, again, you, the body's in the sun, it's decomposing. You're allowed to make an awning, and we'll see how you get how you structure the awning, but you're allowed to make an awning for a living person that will also benefit the mace, but you can't make an awning just for the mace. Let's see, Mayhi, how do you do this? Shilom Murray taught a brisa. You have a corpse that's decomposing in the sun. So you have two problems that you're going to encounter. The first problem is Rabbi Yitzhak's problem. Is you're moving a non-muksa item for the sake of a muksa item. And we're going to see how you get around that. And the second problem is you're going to have a problem of boina that you're building. You're building an awning. Or you're building a structure. So we're going to see how you get around both problems. So let's see first problem. You have two people come and sit down next to the corpse on the ground. Now the ground is hot. So they need something to sit on. So when it gets hot, okay? So you have like this. You have the dead guy here in the middle. This is your dead guy. You have one guy sitting on this side, one guy sitting on this side, and they're getting hot by sitting on the floor. So they put a bed. So now there's a bed here and a bed here, okay? Bed on either side. Then what we're going to do is, so now the guys are sitting on top of these beds, and what happens is now it's getting hot from above. So what they do is, I'm sorry, they bring a mat and spread it over their heads. So they're artificially holding up this mat, 
And then says, This one raises his bed up so that it holds up the awning, this, this mat. And this one raises up his bed to support the other end so that it doesn't slip away. And then it slip off. And then they walk away. It's going to come out that the mechitz is going to be made automatically. So let's talk this through. So first of all, in terms of moving muksa, non-muksa for muksa, they're moving everything in our scenario for themselves. So they've avoided... Reb Yitzhak's problem. So that's Reb Sheshit. And then let's just finish that point. That's what Reb Sheshit meant. Reb Huna already taught us what that was Reb Yitzhak said. Reb Yitzhak said you're not allowed to move something that's not muksa for the sake of muksa. We already see from this case that you have to do it this way. Otherwise, you're going to be moving non muksa for the sake of muksa. So that's how we answer. That's where Reb Sheshit's point was. Now, how are you going to avoid the baina issue building? Building is a problem when you do it in the normal manner. What's the normal manner? First, you put up two walls, then you put up a roof. But in this case, when you have two guys, the sit next to me. You have two guys sitting down. We hold up a shmata over our head. This is our shmata. You see the shmata? What, 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 what? When we then pick up the bed to meet the shmata. No, stop. When we then pick up the bed to meet the shmata, we raise the walls after the roof is already up. So therefore, we put the roof first and then the walls, and therefore it's not a problem of boina. So again, boina is not an issue, and moving non-muksa for the sake of muksa is also not an issue because I moved it for the live people who were getting hot and not for the sake of the mace. Now you're right, we really only intend to do this for the mace, but this is a workaround. I'll cover the mace that we don't, uh, that the body does not decompose. All right, I'm going to stop here, Lizzie, and you'll pick it up from here on Sunday.